Good morning. Just a reminder, this coming Wednesday is uh, the beginning of Lent with Ash Wednesday, and we'll be having services here at Zion at 2 p.m. and also at 7 p.m. There'll be identical services, however, we will have singing at the 7 p.m. service. The 2 p.m. will be a, a spoken service. The Old Testament reading for this, the transfiguration of our Lord, is from the 24th chapter of Exodus. And Moses took the blood and threw it on the people and said, Behold, the blood of the covenant that the Lord has made with you in accordance with all these words. Then Moses and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, and 70 of the elders of Israel went up, and they saw the God of Israel. There was under his feet, as it were, a pavement of sapphire stone, like the very heaven for clearness. And he did not lay his hand on the chief men of the people of Israel. They beheld God and ate and drank. The Lord said to Moses, Come up to me on the mountain and wait there, that I may give you the tablets of stone with the law and the commandment which I have written for their instruction. So Moses rose with his assistant Joshua, and Moses went up into the mountain of God. And he said to the elders, Wait here for us until we return to you. And behold, Aaron and Hur are with you. Whoever has a dispute, let him go to them. Then Moses went up on the mountain, and the cloud covered the mountain. The glory of the Lord dwelt on Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it six days. And on the seventh day, he called to Moses out of the midst of the cloud. Now the appearance of the glory of the Lord was like a devouring fire on the top of the mountain in the sight of the people of Israel. Moses entered the cloud and went up on the mountain. And Moses was on the mountain 40 days and 40 nights. This is the word of the Lord. Our epistle reading is from the first chapter of Second Peter. For we did not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For when he received honor and glory from God the Father, and the voice was borne to him by the majestic glory, this is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this very voice born from heaven, for we were with him on the holy mountain. And we have something more sure, the prophetic word to which you will do well to pay attention, as to a lamp shining in a dark place, until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Knowing this, first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture comes from someone's own interpretation, for no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 17th chapter. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John, his brother, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. And behold, there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with him. And Peter said to Jesus, 
Lord, it is good that we are here. If you wish, I will make three tents here. One for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. He was still speaking when, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And a voice from the cloud said, This is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell on their faces and were terrified. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Rise and have no fear. And when they lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only. And as they were coming down the mountain, Jesus commanded them, Tell no one the vision until the Son of Man is raised from the dead. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Today Jesus took Peter, James, and John up on a mountain. And while they were up there, everything changed. Jesus' clothes became dazzling white, whiter than any snow. Jesus' face shone like the sun itself. And then Moses and Elijah, long gone and dead, suddenly appeared, alive as ever. It was an unbelievable sight they were seeing. It was literally heaven itself. And Peter knew it. Peter knew this was heaven. And Peter did not want to leave. Peter wanted to stay. Peter even offered to set up tents for Jesus, Moses, and Elijah so they wouldn't have to leave. Peter just wanted to stay there, stay in heaven. You can't blame Peter for wanting to stay. He was in heaven. And more than that, Peter knew what he would be facing if he left. Peter knew if he left... He would be right back in a sinful world. In fact, as soon as they come down from the mountain, they run into a man possessed by a demon. And the demon forces this man's face to contort in pain and throws his whole body on the ground. Peter doesn't want to see things like this. Peter doesn't want to face disease again. He wants to stay up on the mountain. Where the only face he has to look at is the shining face of Jesus, brighter than the sun. Peter wanted to stay. He knew what would meet them as soon as they left. After coming down the mountain, the disciples will begin to bicker about who is the greatest. And they will literally get into a fist fight, dirtying their robes as they argue about who Jesus likes more. And Peter doesn't want to go through all of this. Peter's in heaven right now. He's staring at Jesus with a white robe, brighter than the sun, a robe that is not complicated by any fighting. Peter wants to stay there. Moses and Elijah were there. They were dead for a long time, but now they were standing there very much alive. And Peter doesn't want to leave that. Peter was tired of watching people die in this world. There's no death on this mountain. Everyone is alive on this mountain. Why would Peter want to leave this? 
Because as soon as they take a step off of this mountain, Jesus will start to tell them he is going to be crucified and die. And Peter doesn't want that. Peter doesn't want to go through that. Peter doesn't want Jesus to go through that. So Peter wants to stay on that mountain. Everyone is alive on that mountain. Even those who died are alive on this mountain. This really was heaven on earth. When we are baptized, we often wear white robes. The robes are glowing white, symbols of the new life we now have in Christ. We are like Jesus, radiating with purity on that mountaintop. Everything is great. But then almost as soon as we come down from the baptismal font, our sinful flesh is attacking us. The disease of our sinful nature raises its head and gets muddy sin all over our clean, white, baptismal gowns. Maybe we should just stay at the font and never leave it. In the beginning of worship, we have the confession of our sins and the absolution. And we will speak sins inside our hearts that have bothered us for years. We speak in our minds sins we have committed against our neighbor. And there, right there, Jesus' face shines down on us brighter than the sun when he says, I forgive you all your sins. Go in peace. But almost as soon as the absolution rolls off Jesus' tongue, we're back at it again. Those sweet words of Jesus, I forgive you, are getting trampled all over. Maybe we should just stay at that part of our service all day hearing, I forgive you over and over again and never leave it. And then during worship, we come up to the altar. We walk up our own little mountain right here. And before our eyes, Jesus is transfigured, making bread into his body and wine into his blood. And we hear the words that as we gather around Jesus, we are not alone. As we gather here, all of the angels and archangels are gathering with us. We hear the words that as we gather here, all the company of heaven is gathering with us. This means every single Christian who ever lived is worshiping With us. Our grandparents and parents. Our husbands and wives. Our children and grandchildren. They're all with us. Because as we celebrate the Lord's Supper here on earth. They are celebrating the Lord's Supper in heaven. This place really is heaven on earth. So why leave it? As soon as we walk down the steps, we're back in this world where we're separated from our loved ones. We're back in this world where death could steal some, someone from us at any minute. So why leave? I think we can understand Peter. 
Peter had heaven on earth and he didn't want to leave it. Who can blame him, right? You know, why did Jesus show Peter all of this? Why did Jesus show Peter his face brighter than the sun, his clothes turning dazzling white? Why did Jesus show Peter, Moses, and Elijah, the dead who are now alive? Why show Peter all of this just when Peter was going to have to go back down that mountain where there is disease and there is fighting and there is death? I think Jesus had to show Peter all of this precisely for the fact that Peter was going back down into disease and fighting and death. Jesus had to give Peter hope. And Jesus has to do the same thing for you. You are baptized. You are united to Christ and clothed in white robes. The white robes of righteousness that belong to Jesus are now yours. They are yours to wear as you wrestle with your sinful flesh in this world. In fact, Christ has clothed you in white robes precisely because he knows you will wrestle with your flesh in this world. Christ has given you the stamina to endure even attack by the devil himself. And when we do sin, Christ reminds you. He has clothed you in his righteousness. One day in heaven, you will wear a right robe for all eternity. And yet even now, you have that robe. You have the robe of Christ's holiness given to you. As we wrestle with our flesh right now. In our worship you are absolved of all of your sins. Here in this church Christ himself has told you I forgive you. It's a slice of heaven itself. And even though we sin every day. Christ's forgiveness is with you every day. Christ has given you that slice of heavenly forgiveness precisely because we will sin every day. And every day will be a day for you when Christ himself will bring you back to him, back to his cross, back to the forgiveness he won for you in his own death. And in those words, I forgive you, you can remember that Christ will never leave you. Today we will climb up the steps of our own little holy mountain here at our altar. And here at this altar, you will see Jesus come to you in bread and wine. You will hear the words with angels and archangels and all the company of heaven. And gathered around us in heaven, all the saints will be worshiping alongside you. So many saints have gone before us, and so many saints will come after us. But through it all, Christ will give them and all of us life in his name. And Jesus will do this throughout your life, 
Even in the face of death, he will promise you life. In fact, especially in the face of death, he will give you his life. He will do this. Jesus will preserve you. Jesus will preserve you every day until that day comes when we join him and all the saints in life everlasting. I'm so glad that Jesus showed Peter what he did today. What Peter saw gave him hope in the face of everything he had to face in life. And I'm so glad Jesus is still showing us what he does every week. Everything we see, everything we hear gives us hope also every day with everything we face in life. And Jesus will keep doing this for all of you until he brings all of us into life everlasting. Amen. And now may the peace of our God, which surpasses our understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.